0: instagram if you want to
1: <laughs> i miss seeing your pretty face hello and welcome to in the pocket the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end my name's jolly jolly <laughs> jolly dibble that's me my name's johnny a totally average bass player. And each week, I am joined by sometimes different co-hosts to talk all about that bass. Uh, But this week, I'm joined by the lovely Chris Horrocks, co-host and full-time session bass player. Chris, how are you? It's me again. Hello. How are you? I am well, thank you. Um, I understand you've been to some gigs recently. Sugar babes?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I have. I mean, I wasn't playing. Let's just get that straight out there. Full disclaimer, full disclosure. I was not playing bass with the Sugar Babes. I wish I was, because then I wouldn't be on this. But anyway... Uh, Come on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was very rude of me. Uh, no, no, no. So I was. Um, I have some friends who work at Liverpool Academy, and I was uh, doing some uh, front-of-house engineering stuff, not for Sugar Babes, just for the house acts that they had on before Sugar Babes. Uh, and then essentially, I got to watch them for free, so that is nice. a big win. Obviously, um, they brought some. Actually, actually, well, we can talk about this if you want. Because I took a picture of mm. the bass player's pedal boards before oh. they went on. Would you like me to? I get,
1: I get yes, please send it to me. I get such a sick like enjoyment out of going to gigs, like another layer of enjoyment that other people don't get because I get to you, know, you get to look at the gear and be like, oh,
0: what the are they using? Oh, not, not very nice. It's like well, another layer of like inspiration. I'll send it to you anyway, but I'll quickly run you through this guy's gear really quickly because it was pretty cool. So he had he did the whole gig on some sort of five-string jazz bass. Um, mm. I'm guessing it was probably a Fender, but it was a white jazz bass five-string with uh, block inlays, maple neck, well, maple fretboard block inlays. So maybe mm. maybe like an American Fender, maybe like a deluxe yeah. something, that kind of thing. Is it um, like a torque pit guard? It was, yeah, white with a torque pit guard. Mm, Yum yum yum. Hmm. Indeed. Uh. And then I think he had, he had an EBS four ten behind him, and then a like a rack thing on top, which I think might have been an Aguilar head, oh. and then a um, Avalon D U five nice D I yeah. box on top. Beautiful. Don't know what they were being used for in terms of ins and outs, etc. But and then his yeah. pedal boards just got it up here, so it was all on a pedal train. Um, I'm gonna say junior. This looks a bit like a junior, and then so he had um TU3, the Cali 76 compressor, two OC2s, of um, course, two of them, and they they both got different settings. Like one looks like it's like just the octave down for that kind of like synthy sound, and then the other is kind of blended a bit more like maybe how you'd set a pog, you know, with all the octaves active. Um, yeah, okay. C4 uh, synth by the explosive yeah the explosive the one that's by source audio the c4 synth <laughs> nice. and, a, and a stick of dynamite and then <laughs> it looked and then the last sort of four pedals he had uh i think this is like a tone hammer di or like yeah. a tone hammer preamp and he looks like yeah, he was yeah, just, yeah. to be honest scooping the living crap out of it but it did sound good and then finally um mxr base envelope filter the boss bass overdrive the odb3 the big yellow Oh, one. wow um but he's got that set really really low like the drive mm-hmm. is quite low it's like uh, 10 o'clock and then he's sort of like boosting the bass and i think it was more it sounds like it's probably like a um, like a vintage drive and i think yeah, i know like what a bit song of saturation. He, yeah and i think i know what song he used it on from what i could tell and then finally there's a there's an ns2 at the end uh, boss ns2
1: Nice, it's, yeah, but, that's, yeah. that's a nice board,
0: yeah. Dinky little pedal board, yeah. It was quite it sounded great, but they had um about six piece bands that two guitarists, two keyboard players, bassist, drummer, and then um the glucose girls themselves.
1: Wow, <laughs> nice bit of this Zucker. Uh, I don't know what babes is in German, Zucker Babas Mädchen. You got it. Um, that's the wow, uh, I, lo- I love seeing. Stuff like that. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, uh, two double OC two. That is, I I rarely find place for one octave, let alone two different settings. That's well, impressive. it's a
0: pop gig, isn't it? And and from what I could hear, there was. True. Th- I mean, the bass player was also playing keyboard for a bit, and they had two keyboard players. So mostly, it was mostly wow. keyboard-driven stuff. Um, I don't really know how much of it was on track. There definitely was stuff on track because there's loads of electric drums going on. Um, but and the vocals. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And of course, singing. Yes, all lots of th- lots th- all three of singing. Buttons. Also, bold move. I don't know how well you know Sugar Babe's material, but I'm assuming. Would you assume "Push the Button" to be quite a big um, Sugar Babe song? I would. They opened that's, with that's it. My... Oh wow, that's like my go-to Sugar Babe song. Yeah, same. Yeah, but um, "Big Dick Energy" opening with uh, opening with "Push the Button." I mean, that kind of shows, uh, uh, you know. Uh a
1: big band just being like we don't not that we don't care anymore that they're like come on this is what you're here to see let's let's do this yeah exactly you, know? you
0: want some you want some music fella
1: i'll give you some music yeah exactly exactly Nice. Yeah. oh well i'm very jealous and that sounds like a lot of fun uh let us uh jump in to our first question <laughs> That went kind of Welsh on the end, then, when I said I know, question. Oh, yeah, our
0: first. our first question. <laughs> we're going to do Dumb... the whole thing's
1: in Welsh here, boyo. Dom Jones.
0: <laughs> that's all we're going to do.
1: Offend. We're probably going to offend many people in this podcast. And every I, did side get
0: a, I did get a lot of people messaging me saying, your Yorkshire accent in the last episode was a disgrace. <laughs> well, from, from what I was hearing, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I know, I not know. I was You're like, the northerner. I know. I was like, come on. And they were like, no, it's rubbish. You sound yeah. like a Wiganer. And I'm like, well, newsflash, mate, we all sound the same. So there you yeah. go. To me, anything north of Birmingham is all the same. Exactly. And anything to me, anything south of Birmingham sounds exactly the same. Nice. Well, i t- make sure to keep talking in my nice,
1: slow, summer set <laughs> voice for you.
0: All right, my love. Welcome to the first question. <laughs> Again, a bit Welsh. Yeah, I did it. Um, question.
1: <laughs> Speaking of the questions, question one. Uh, comes from, uh, I've just closed the app. <laughs> Let's <laughs> keep on padding. This oh, yes, is it's, deader. It's, uh, Louis five Volcourt. Um, I, I think that's what it is. There's a lot of missing vowels in your name on Instagram. There you go. Um, it says how much wattage, uh, should my amp be able to handle if I'm only, if I only small to medium gigs. Okay. Ooh. So wattage on amps for small to medium gigs. Um, what what typically are you running at the minute,
0: Chris? Well, question. I mean, me. I I would say, eighty percent of my gigs, I'm not bringing an amp. Mm. There's no amp. I I'm I'm not playing an amp. There's no amp provided. I have not brought an amp. I'm just doing the quad cortex into the PA, and I'm either on ears or there's a wedge. However, um, I do a jam night every Thursday, um, in Wigan, and I use the house amp for that. It's a Fender Rumble 210 212 yes. maybe. Oh. I think it's I think it's 500 watts. Um and I have the volume's halfway up, but so it's quite loud, but we mm. don't run it through the PA at all. So sure. and I'm the only I mean, it thing on be, st- Yeah, I'm the only thing on stage that isn't going through the PA. Like we mic up the snare and the kick and we mic the guitars, but we just let the bass run free. Yeah. On a, on a, quote, smaller gig like
1: that, you know, you can kind of get away with that a little bit, I think. we just Yeah, it...
0: yeah. And, and also, we did try running it through the PA, and it was coming through the sub in the PA, and it did sound good, but it was kind of messing with the kick drum a bit too much, mm. like kind of getting in the way. So what we just decided to do instead was let the kick drum have all, all of the sub, all of the subwoofer of the PA to play with. And then I just EQ the amp with, to be honest, quite a lot of mid-range. Um, and I just pork through that way. And that yeah, seems to got, work fine.
1: Got to poke through in another way then, don't you? If, if Yeah, that's exactly. Kind of util- that's using up that frequency so you can find another to jump into.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: nice. Yeah. For, for me, 500 watts is my kind of go-to. Um, it is a lot. Like, I've never, never over half volume, pretty much. Even at practice, I'm always pretty low. But having that headroom is quite nice. And I never want to be without volume and risk, like, really pushing an amp to its limits, you know, especially if it's, like, a solid state or something. Yeah, because um, it's not
0: wanna... going to do that nice breakup thing, is it? It's just going to sound like a wet fart. Exactly. And so, for me, I kind of... 500 is my
1: comfy zone. I've never felt like I needed more. I've, I've never wanted less you i could get away with less for small gigs you could probably get away with 200 i wouldn't be if you're competing with a drummer i personally wouldn't want to be under 200 watts um i've had amps before where like you know like your first ever amp is like a 30 watt combo <laughs> for a practice amp at home and then you take it to a practice and you're like oh god this is not loud enough at all yeah I've been there. Then, I, then i went to like 50 watts 75 watts and like still you're you're pushing it pushing it pretty hard um so for me 200 watts is my comfy zone for like being with a drummer um but i do like to have a bit more headroom so for me i go 500
0: i would like to know the context though because i know you've said it's small medium gigs but for Mm. me it's like okay is the bass going into the pa either via a di or a um a, a mic or anything like that and also if you're using an amp is it a combo? Is it a head? If it is a head, or you know what the speaker is, what is the mm-hmm. speaker? You know because yeah. I I have gigged so I've got a I've got a dark glass AO nine hundred. It's nine hundred watts. It's class D power amp, nine hundred watts. So it's pretty Whoa. it's pretty bloody loud. I've never ran the thing past like ten o'clock, and that's into like an eight ten. So it's it's you know it's it's really cooking. It's loud. I have gigged that thing with an eight ten, a four ten a 412 and like a 110. And the 110, doesn't matter, I was putting 900 watts into it, too quiet. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. I've never, never gigged with, I've never played a single speaker bass cabinet that has done the job. And I I personally don't think one exists. Controversial opinion. I've got my hands up in the air as we speak. Controversial (laughs) opinion.
1: It doesn't work for what? For...
0: Anything on on stage, anything competing with a drummer, anything where you actually have to give some sort of volume. I mean, yeah, if you're playing with an acoustic guitar and a vocalist, I'm sure that would work. But for me, I've never played a one-speaker cabinet as a bass player and gone, yeah, this sounds all right. I've always gone, this is rubbish.
1: Exactly. Even a 115, I don't really like. Uh, I see 115s as being ones that you would pair with like a 210 or a 410. Yeah. I don't I don't they're too subby and too much, like for one a one speaker thing. I totally agree with that. Um my minimum cab is a four ten. That's what I like to have. Yeah. Um at the minute I've got a 212 with the Laney, um, which is cool. It's kind of that mix between the 10 inch and the 15 inch. Um and kind of gives you this kind of a bit of best of both. Um and it's not quite as bright as a ten, maybe, but it still packs quite a punch. Um, I was
0: so I-, I was toying with buying a two ten, um, for the shows where I'm playing with the quad cortex, but I don't necessarily get a monitor like some of yeah. these like corporate gigs or something like that. Uh, well, the PA is also quite far away from me as well, or the subs mm. are nowhere near me. So basically, I'm relying just on my in ears, and I'm not getting any low end. I was toying with the idea of getting a getting a 210 and just having it stood next to me, you know, just to um you know just to just to tickle my whistle from the rear, yes, If you know what I mean. Yes. Exactly.
1: Absolutely. Um who doesn't like that? Uh you, have you seen the like pads you can get that vibrate on the floor?
0: Yeah, I've seen I, I've yeah, I've seen those. I would I would like to try one of those.
1: It's so cool. Um I did see a really interesting um I can't, I think it was Shawn Mendez's bass player. And they yep. did like yep. a rig rundown, and he's got like an, ag- I think it's an Aguilar cab. Seen it, yeah. Um, and it's strapped to the bottom of the stage, f- upwards into his feet, so it's underneath him, so that he can f- feel it like
0: rumbling through. And I was like, he wow. can afford to buy a kicker. Come on, I mean, there's people you can. Um, I-, I was talking to some front of house guys who've made them the touring guys, and all you need is plywood and a butt kicker, which is a monitoring thing for drummers where you yeah. um you, you strap it to your seat and it vibrates as you hit the kick pedal. Oh, that's pretty cool. But instead he's got like a flipping eight ten bolted to the floor pointing up at oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even test that to be like, yeah, let's this this sounds like a sane idea.
1: Let's test this. Give it a go. But uh pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's a I'd lot of blue tack.
0: It's a lot of blue tack.
1: <laughs> that's that. Is several rolls of sellotape. Yeah, exactly. Other brands other brands are available.
0: <laughs>
1: um cool. Uh, that's I think we've answered that question pretty darn well. Let's move on to the news.
0: It's time for the news. Oh, let me get let me join in. Hang on. Um I just... I've got scrumpled up some paper. I shouldn't have. I've got two pens. Up. I've got two pens. I'm going to click them together. Are you ready? All right.
1: I have nice. I have an Aguilar agro pedal here. Oh, nice. Nice. Right, there we um... go. Um, speaking of Aguilar, um,
0: that is one of our news items. What on earth was that? Uh, that was me scratching um, a paracetamol packet against the pop shield. Oh, it sounded
1: more like ibuprofen to me.
0: Uh, oh wait, hang on. No, sorry, it, it's paracetamol.
1: <laughs> oh damn it, that yeah. would have been amazing. Um, anyway, um, Aguilar, um, they have launched a new pedal. It is a teeny tiny little fuzz slash distortion, uh, called the Storm King. I love that name. Really cool. Um, so the Storm King is kind of, it's a bit left out at left field for Aguilar. I wasn't expecting it. They've got pedals like the Agro, like I've just in my hands right now, which is their kind of go-to distortion. I've not really seen them do this kind of mix of pedals before. I never like, a, or to my knowledge, I've not seen them do like a mini pedal before. So this is pretty cool. The controls on here, we've got three knobs and a little button that is gain, master, shape, and the button is kick. Um, so just for a bit of context, um, the shape control is essentially, uh, you change the saturation type so you can take it from a light Tube like tones to aggressive, they say ripped speaker sounds and everything in between. I mean, they say everything in between. I mean, it's on and off. So I don't don't know about that. Um, The kick button is for when you need a little extra oomph. Uh, The kick button offers frequency boost and grants you increased volume, presence, and punch. So to me, that kind of sounds like on uh, Ampeg SVT when you can have like the um, bass and treble um boost options like engaged it sounds like you're doing that basically and giving it uh the kind of more richer sound which i always really enjoy so that's pretty cool i could see myself using that function um i like it they released a demo on it did you have a listen
0: i did indeed and also in terms of the feature list i would like to add um it's got a three-year warranty. Amazing.
1: Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I should say it's £209 at the minute. It's um, pre-order at the minute. Not too um, bad. That's... No, that it's not too bad. Um, I think the aggro is kind of similar kind of price. Um, it depends if you're after this kind of sound, really. It's interesting that there's just a single gain knob instead of... Because when, when they said it's a fuzz slash distortion, I kind of thought, oh, they're doing the um, Alpha Omega type thing where you can kind of blend between two frequencies, maybe. A slightly fuzzier one slightly more like overdrive Focus one um but it, it's not it's it's just that sound that you then just turn up again and the master um with it so well
0: the um interesting the the, the alpha omega it sounds like the shape control is kind of mm. similar to what the alpha omega does because the, the alpha omega you take it all the way to the left it's a little bit more scooped and it's a bit more Of a modern distortion, then as you roll it round the mid range sort of starts to come out and it and it fuzzes up a little bit more in terms of the style of distortion. So I think they're going for that a little bit. Yeah. But um no, it looks good. This originally, you know, two hundred and nine pounds is probably on the higher side for a pedal of like this size and style. But um, you tend to find Aguilar stuff is a, is a little bit, a little bit higher end. They're not really a, I would, I would never call Aguilar a budget brand, you know. Oh, definitely not. No, no, Certainly, no. you know, I was looking in some of the cabinets a while ago and I was like, oh yeah, okay. For a cheapskate like me, maybe not.
1: <laughs> Says the guy with the Cod Cortex and the Alpha Omega 900 watt amp. Shut up, Johnny.
0: <laughs> I bet you've he spent his money I bet, wisely. I bet you've spent more on gear than I have. shit you got me there (laughs) literally all
1: right all right well uh will i be buying this um i don't know it's not something i'm looking for at the minute but um it's interesting anyway i thought it sounded i feel like the start of the demo sounded good and then it got later when they're sharing the more extreme settings it was one of those where i was like oh god why would anybody want that it's like way over the top um it like felt like it. It, it felt
0: like it started. What it, what the demo's idea of sensible was already kind of like, you know, this is really gritty, like really yeah. gritty. Like it's any good. It's sounded good. Don't get me wrong. I think it, it. I put this pedal just on my initial first impressions in that category of something that would get you shouted at when you turn it on. <laughs> Which yeah, if you want. Which, if you want to do that, like, for example, you know, you you do a lot of that. You would like do some Nirvana tribute stuff, don't you? I could see that. I could see this sound working really well if you were doing like Nirvana or or a grunge thing or a yeah, really well, heavy. Free that's piece. the thing.
1: Yeah, because it's got that. Uh, you
0: know, it's kind of similar. I know um, Chris Novoselic
1: used a lot of, um, uh, rat pedals, and that is kind yeah. of a mix of distortion and fuzz kind of in one in that pedal. Um so it is right up that alley, so you're totally right about that. Um and yeah, it, it does sound like I like think you said that the the guitarist is going to turn around and be like, What on earth are you doing? Stay in your lane. <laughs> Don't creep into my zone as you whack on this insane sound that's just gonna like tr- transcend you through the mix and
0: into another dimension. Exac <laughs> exactly. But no, it does it does look good. I will say as well, um the controls at the front—the gain, the master, the shape, and the the, the kick button—I um, think that's a better interface style than compared to, say, um, the BK one. You know, the mm-hmm. Dark Glass one that came out recently, just because that only had you know two controls on the front, and everything else was trim pots on the back. Which is Can a we cool, not, yeah, which is a cool concept, but utter, just I hate to say this, utterly useless to me. Yeah, I like especially
1: especially when those settings aren't like set and forget. No, and I no, find no. my I I find myself twiddling with <clears throat> knobs, um, twiddling with my pedals loads, like on on gates, It's Every gig on... for me, it's every yeah, um, because... I've got the
0: menu of the Quad Cortex open every sound check, and not not because it's like oh I want to try a new thing. It's like there'll always be a oh um this sounds a bit too aggressive today. I'm just going to roll it yeah. back a little bit. Or, no, you know what, the kind of gig we've got, the kind of vibe we're going, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the gain up a little bit more because it seems like, or you know, from base to base, like I'm, I'm rotating yeah. maybe three or four bases depending on the gig, but I don't change the presets I'm using because I just can't be bothered making a new patch for each bass. So, you know, a, 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 dis, a fuzz on my quad cortex through my P bass way 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 too aggressive you know way too much mid mid mid-range just way too pronounced whereas on the stingray because the stingray is just a little bit more scooped in a certain way it sits a little bit way more yeah exactly Yeah, yeah. yeah but so those dials are important to me so it's good i think that aguilar have decided to put a couple of very well all of the important buttons well all of the buttons on the, a- <laughs> i can't believe we di- i can't believe we're praising a company for putting the bi- the knobs on the pedal <laughs> well done well done Aguilar, for putting the knobs on the pedal but you know given the small size of it you'd think
1: that they'd be tempted to put some trim pots in there and be like oh yes we've made it nice and small because everything's on the bloody inside instead of the outside on these tiny little knobs um but uh, but you know so it is ridiculous that we have to say that but you know fair play. Yeah, yeah. and it's clearly
0: and it, it, it's clearly tiny because it doesn't it doesn't take a battery either. So I'm guessing this is kind of the same size as like those mini TC pedals.
1: Yeah, I would say so or like your um mini tuners and your MUA pedals that yeah, kind. Yeah, of yeah. In fact it might,
0: I'm looking at the picture and it might be a little bit taller than that. But mm. yeah, not big, not a big pedal at all. No. But you know it's going to be good quality that one. Definitely. Sure. Oh yeah, a million percent. I mean, just looking at just looking at the picture, the little it's kind of like the finish is slightly brushed. You know, it looks like it's been sandblasted. And just oh. look, just looking at that picture, it looks like it's been. It's not just a piece of sheet metal that's been bent around a you know chassis. It looks yeah. like it's been well treated. Yeah, I reckon it's going to feel really. It's going to feel really satisfying doing that click of that pedal as well and twiddling with look, those knobs. It looks like it sound good. You know, it look it looked good, so it sound good. Hey, that is my,
1: that's my uh, go-to uh, absolutely. phrase in, in some basses. Uh, speaking of, um, there have been some new, absolutely beautiful basses released from Harley Benton. Now, Harley Benton appeared in, in our new segment last week or a couple of weeks ago for releasing some new jazz bases, or they were just like kind of different finishes of their existing standard uh, JB75. Um, and they have gone a step further now. They've kind of been teasing these a little bit on socials before, um, but now here they are. We have got the brand new Harley Benton uh Deluxe series jazz bass range. Uh I can't remember the name of it. It is the MV4JB Goto. <laughs> so just to break these down, these are four string jazz bases uh with a bit of a twist they have got all goto hardware which is a welcome addition uh, because often with affordable basses the thing that's got to go you know that doesn't bode too well is often the hardware it's always the downfall particularly with tuners and things like that machine heads uh they don't tend to hold their tuning all that well um so this is a really interesting. Uh, step for Harley Benson to do, to kind of listen to the people and take that feedback on board and give us a slightly more premium uh, version of their um, affordable range. So I think that's a really, really cool decision for them to go down. Um, there It comes in four finishes uh, and they are looking mighty fine uh, with their block inlays, all taut pit pickguards, and matching headstocks. So if you can imagine that, we've got a black version, a uh, a blue version. It's meant to be, I think it's meant to be Lake Placid, but it doesn't look very Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a brightish blue. Um, a shell pink and a, I think it is a, oh, they said like a faded burgundy type color, a midnight burgundy or something it is I think um, and yeah the pictures that, that they've released look so nice oh sorry I've got that all wrong it's a Daphne blue Daphne blue that's way more accurate uh, and a burgundy mist
0: Jinkies. so some,
1: I know, yeah exactly um, and these are priced at £200 or £199 so less than 200 quid, uh still for improved Harley Benton's which I think is still a fantastic price. Uh what do you think about these mate?
0: These look great. I think um I mean I've never played a Harley Benton so I I you know I personally can't speak to the quality of them but mm. you know everyone else online seems to speak quite highly of them and um, I think your point about the hardware is a really good point because you are right when you when you go budget on a base the first things they use to cut the quality down is the electronics and then very quickly Mm -hmm. the bridge and the tuners. So having this increase in quality is definitely a good move. Um, All the colors look really nice in person. Um, Do you feel like this may be a, not a response, because no company can bring something out in like two weeks, but (laughs) certainly something following the trend of the fact that Sire have really, really blown up in the last 12 months?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can see that from the matching headstocks, the block inlays. It is, you know, uh, electronics aside, it's very similar to those bases. Um, and people are really enjoying that, you know, in that style. And I think they're absolutely going for the necks of these other companies. Um, if that's the case and that's what they're doing, come on, go after Gibson. Give us a grabber. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> um, and on. I
0: want to say, please, please, I need someone to do a grabber. I need Sire to do a grabber so I yes. can have one.
1: hundred percent. I would be on it in an instant. And everyone I speak to is like, yeah, I would totally get that. I don't know what they're playing at. Come on. There, there must be a reason why nobody is making that base.
0: It's gotta like be, not, it's gotta be a a lawsuit risk around the show sure. and the free pickups. It's gotta be.
1: It's gotta be for sure. I think there's something at play there because well I mean even Gibson and epiphone aren't for some reason. Um maybe yeah, maybe there's some clause going on somewhere. Um but uh that's the Harley Benton. These ones are a feature I forgot to mention. They've got a tank bar on them as well, a standard mm-hmm. which to me is flipping useless. I've never ever wanted to use one in my life um but i was shocked when it arrived i was like oh i didn't know it was gonna have that on it at all so tug bar for those that don't know is essentially like like a thumb rest but on the other side so underneath the strings and uh vintage players used to um kind of hold it like like they're picking the bass up with it and play the bass with their thumbs like tugging the strings so if you want to play it that way you can with one of these, but I think it would have been a bit of a better decision or more usable to put it on the other end. Part of me thinks it's just an aesthetic thing because it does add to that vintage kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, cool. Uh, nonetheless, um, another thing is that these have uh, caramelized Canadian hard rock maple necks with a D-shaped profile. So they're not quite roasted maple. They're caramelized. And you can definitely see that, um, that they are a bit on the darker side um so yeah interesting developments uh the the one thing that i wasn't too sure on when they announced them uh was because they're like the i don't know how i can't remember how to describe them the type of tuners that they are they're not like your clover vendor style ones they are that more modern peg uh like the t-peg type ones so you get on like warwick's and uh ibanez's and things like that so for a totally vintage style base to have those on it, it's a bit strange but um you know it's goto so i imagine that a deal was struck there with them obviously to have them on there and that's that's what they do so yeah if that's really going to bug you uh i don't know then then don't get one hey don't enjoy it um i thought it was going to bug me but in person it's actually quite nice um because i've actually got one with me right now it's sat behind me uh i have just done an unboxing on it and uh, i've got the shell pink version because of course uh and yeah the you can tell the difference in the hardware for sure it those tuners are really, really nice, um you know, with affordable ones, you kind of turn it a little bit and it makes a massive difference, you know um or or they're a bit sticky or something like that. Um, with these, you could be turning them and turning them, turning them and the, it's tuning really slowly. So it means that you can get really precise with it and any kind of small knocks on the headstock is not going to go wildly out of tune. So in terms of tuning stability, they don't really slip and it's, uh, yeah, definitely a big markup on the previous hardware that I've had on Harley Benton's. So yeah, really cool. Um, the only thing that I'm, that I don't love too much is that they announced a shell pink jazz bass and people went mad for it people were like oh my god i had loads of messages on instagram when i shared it saying oh my god i'm gonna buy this right now Blah blah, blah. and they put in the pre-orders and then like two weeks later they put out another shell pink jazz bass but arguably a nicer one like that's kind of screwing over the consumer
0: a little bit yeah because it's, it's like right.
1: oh i kind of wish i would have held out you know i hate it when brands announce a guitar in all these colors and then you go and buy it and then like i don't know like six months down the line they release some new ones that you prefer and you're like ah, oh, that kind of sucks i know that they are always developing and releasing stuff and it you know it's how ultimately they're gonna minimize risk and make more money um but for for it to be a couple of weeks apart and they were in development at the same time i just kind of feel like they should have put them out at the same time um and i kind of wish it was a jaguar bass just gonna say that um for them to do loads of jazz bases uh i don't know i i want to i want to see them do a jaguar
0: yeah it's it's a safe pair of hands though isn't it you know you, mm. if you're going to you know release a bass for 200 pounds this is going to be i probably someone's first bass or yeah. if not first bass maybe the next one up you know they'll get the they'll get the really bad one where the strings are <laughs> 4 foot off the fretboard and then <laughs> from, in, from argos Exactly, and then about a year in, they'll get something maybe in this price range, like the, you know, one fifty to two fifty range, which will sit this quite well. And then, yeah. you know, you might you might go to college or something, or start thinking you really want to do this, and then you might move into something like Sire or or upwards. Really, there's no reason to say that you might get a Mexican vendor, blah blah blah. But um, no, I think I think these look good. The um, the the shell the the pink issue is that's a, that's a naughty move. I would be very upset if uh, if that happened to me.
1: Yeah. You, I, I had someone, uh, literally, I was talking to them on Instagram. They were saying, oh, like, that's really cool. I wish it had a top guard though. And I was like, oh, yeah, that would be really cool. I don't know why they didn't do that. And then, like, two days later, they they kind of teased that and shared that that was happening. And I was like, "Ah, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I feel like some people would have missed out. And, uh Yeah. Been a bit bummed out. I wonder if they had any cancelled pre orders on the others. Uh, they, they're only launched today, so who knows? Uh, if you want to see more of that base, uh, go and check out my unboxing and uh, yeah, go and subscribe so that then you can see the full review that will be coming soon. So, yeah, there we go. That brings us to the end of the news. Jingle, 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 jingle. It's question two time. Time for question two. This one comes from Chad on instagram who asks uh rosewood maple or ebony uh he did say something else on the end as well uh uh, uh for a fingerboard that is um he says his favorite is ebony because it growls nice we, we do like a bit of growl um for me um now I, I ebony is probably the one i've got the least experience with because the normal go tos are rosewood and maple, and more recently, kind of a rosewood alternative. It is coming back, uh, rosewood, as it's kind of moving off of the cites endangered list for trees. Um, so it did take a bit of a backseat, and and actually, maple's taken a bit of a backseat as roasted maple has become uh, a lot more desirable. They're both maple; one's just been been in the bloody oven, but um. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit torn. For me, visually, it totally depends on the guitar, depends on the bass. In terms of sound, kind of depends on the bass, if I'm honest. And what you want, um, I am not a big, you know, the to- the whole tone wood discussion. Okay, this is kind of getting into that territory. Uh when you are listening back to back to uh, a p bass that is exactly the same absolutely everything identical rosewood to maple i can hear a difference i can hear that the maple is a bit brighter but that information is kind of useless when you put it in a live or a mix situation like it's <laughs> it's not going to make the blind this bit of difference in those situations arguably where it matters so Yes, there is a bit of sound difference, but it's not going to be to the degree that it's going to sound bad either way. So, I don't know. There is an argument to be made, but at the same time, does it really matter? Not really. Come on. Um, so, yeah, for me, it it totally depends. Um, Chris, I'll I'll let you chime in here because I've been chatting quite a lot. Um, what is your kind of go to?
0: Um, firstly, I think I feel the same about what you're saying there. I think if there was a if there was a a blind difference where it was just a clean DI with the two same bases. I think you'd be able to tell a slight difference, but it, firstly, it, it would be slight, I personally think. So for me, I usually make the decision off. The, it's more of an aesthetic thing, personally, for me. Um, yeah, I do tend to think that, you know, Maple seems to be a bit snappier. Compared to you know a rosewood or an ebony, never played a bass with an ebony fretboard. Never, never done it. Played loads of guitars with ebony fretboards and rosewood fretboards, mm-hmm. and, and they obviously sound lovely. But um, my main experience has been uh, I have a rose rosewood or a cheaper version of rosewood, uh, and yeah, then, uh, maple, and then my stingray mm. is roasted maple but um i would go maple all the way personally i really like it i like the snap that you get from it i also think it looks the nicest i like i like a lighter looking fretboard against the color of a bass the mm-hmm. only thing i would probably do maybe and this is being picky if i had say a p bass and it was with flats i would probably go for maybe a, a rosewood or a, or a darker Um, material for the neck because I want to emphasize, I don't want to be emphasizing the snap and the high end of flat-wound strings. I want it to be pure thump and that's it. Mm -hmm. So I would probably, I mean, don't get me wrong, if the only thing I did, if the only option I could do is stick them on a maple neck, I'm still going to do it because it doesn't make that much difference. But if it was a, you know, you can have whatever you want, you know, I've walked into the factory of blah, 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 and they're like, yeah, which one do you want? It's for flats, you know. If um, Pino, Pino falls down the stairs and John Mayer calls me, and he's like, "Oh, Chris, pal, what are we, uh, what, are we what are we gonna do?" I old pal, Chris. Yeah. All right, Cocker, what are we gonna do? Um, <laughs> I would be like, "Okay, Peavey's flats, rosewood neck, mm-hmm. flat wound strings." Basically, be like, "Do you have any of Pinos, basses I can borrow?" That's what I actually do. One shot with the Stingray. Put it that way. Yeah, it's got it's got to be red got to be a red space got to be fiesta red
1: oh nice
0: now that um, now, now that affects the tone absolutely
1: well it affects how you're feeling and then that affects the tone you know there's so much more soul and love going into it um for me you bring up a big good a big good point about um rosewood alternatives because i it's got to be if it's going to be a rosewood style neck for me it's got to be rosewood I I don't like Indian Laurel that much and Palfaro is just not for me. You know, it can change, differ on guitar to guitar, but it just is really light looking. Aesthetically, I don't like it. And especially Indian Laurel um, tends to get really dry really quickly. So you're constantly having to uh, oil it up with a bit of lemon oil, Um, which, you know, is perhaps not a bad habit to get into. But... I don't know. You don't really get that with maple and rosewood, so they kind of tend to retain their uh, their moisture a bit better, which is important, I think. Um, so and aesthetically as well, maple you can get some that are quite on the whiter side and some that are on the more yellow tinted side. I tend to prefer like the, the paler ones. Overall, I'm going to say maple as well. It it all depends on the base, but at the minute I want a bit more of an of a maple uh, trend. Uh, so. Yeah, but it does change. So, yeah, thank you so much, Chad, for your question and all of your questions that you ask. It's excellent to hear from you, my friend. Um, let let's move on to the next segment this segment is my favorite segment it is called that tone you own so um, each time we like to bring along a different sound uh sounding guitar for you guys to listen to for us to have a little chat about it might be something that Uh, that Chris has got a new bass or something we listen to Uh, in this case I've got a new bass Um, and we alluded to it earlier because it is the brand spanking new Harley Benton jazz bass Uh, this is the sound that was done in my unboxing let's have a quick listen to it now wow lovely uh that that's a jazz bass all right that is very jazzy um for me uh it <laughs> sounds good <laughs> sounds good to me um i'm interested to have a listen back to some of the other videos that i've done on harley benton's i did one on the their standard jazz bass to kind of compare the sounds because i think i've still got the same preset uh saved somewhere because for me i The the kind of pickups aren't as clear as I remember. Like, they're not as crisp. It doesn't give you that, like... It sounds like a jazz bass, but it's not as... I don't know. There was a bit of a sparkle missing, I kind of thought, uh, when I first listened to it back. Um, That's not to say it sounds bad. I don't think it sounds bad at all. And for the price you're paying, I think it sounds darn good.
0: Uh, Two words, jazz bass. Like, literally. And Like, when you sent it to me, I was like, yep, yeah, that's a jazz bass. There's no, yeah. I mean, it literally does exactly what you would assume it to sound like. However, is that maybe a bad thing? Perhaps you know, you know, like kind of it... like a. I heard it and went. I, I um, I'm nodding as we speak for those of you at home. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's jazz bass. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's it. Yeah, and because this is a slightly
1: upgraded version, like we said earlier, the things that kind of. Uh, aren't so good is the um, the hardware and then the electronics. And why didn't they upgrade that as well? You know, um, that would have been quite nice because I believe that they have the same pickups as they're in the more affordable version. The yeah, I think the they are. Roswell pickups. Um, which yeah, it's it's funny they they don't sound bad to me, but it's just like it's not really grabbing me. Um, it's not jumping out at me, you know, as like a sound that I'm like yeah. This is this is going to be my go-to. I don't Very
0: know. true, you know. But also, we are bass players at the end of the day. Sometimes <laughs> you've just you've just got to you've got to be best supporting actor. That's what you've got, you got to remember. We we aren't Leonardo DiCaprio guys. We are Tom Hardy. Oh, which would you rather be? You know? oh, I'd rather be Tom Hardy all day, every day.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, that's you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Hardy played bass. You know.
0: He That'd seems like a man of impeccable taste.
1: Yeah, I could see him. I could see him being a drummer, though. To be fair, you can just I see think, his like face, like.
0: Ooh. <laughs> he seems like quite an animalistic guy. So I reckon he'd probably go down. I could see him being more of a drummer, but mm. then again, he you know he plays a lot of roles where he's very um, aggressive. Anyway, yeah. so maybe he doesn't want to do that. And he wants to take a step back, play some bass. Got some nice flat wounds on there nice maybe he's a bagpipe player instead who knows maybe apparently bagpipes um i can't remember what, what ranks but i'm pretty sure it's up there as like third second maybe fourth hardest instrument to learn
1: wow really ever. i'm not like, surprised ever. i'm i'm not surprised like the it, i whenever i've been to well i was about to say i've been to scotland a couple of times that's completely like i've been once uh, and hopefully going again next year and you do hear it in the streets and you're like that sounds so complicated and like the mouth movements and whilst doing the pumping and the, and the fingers as well, you know, there's so much more that goes into it. Are
0: uh, you, we're still talking about bagpipes, right? No, no. Oh, I thought, oh. no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I was talking about bagpipes, Johnny. I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what you would. Oh, okay. Right. Um, Moving on. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, cool. Moving on,
1: uh, moving on to something else. That's uh, very hard and very big. Um, It is the big bass debate. (laughs) So, this uh, question is kind of a bit of a combination of questions that we had, because we actually had quite a lot of similar questions coming in, uh, all to do with uh, pedals. Um, So, this is all about pedal board ascension. So, the Question comes from Joshua Cott Davies, who says, Pedalboard Essentials, uh, which are they and what order should they be in? Uh also um shout out to uh EJB uh 1227 on Instagram who also said, What order are your pedals? How important is that to you? So I'm oh, gonna talk pedalboard essentials and then kind of what order that those would kind of go. Lovely. In. Um, so uh I'm going to kick things off with the the main pedal board essential, a tuner. Yep. not the fish. Safe.
0: Yep, not, not the tuner. Not the fish.
1: Not a salmon, and not no not a tuner or a bass. You know, we want a
0: tuner for the bass. Well, no, of course, because um, we're playing the bass, and then we have a tuner pedal. Exactly, exactly, ah, ah, and then ah, ah. ah, and then the
1: salmon next to it, and the place. Um, anyway, uh, do you ever? Sorry, sidestep. Whenever you put, like, hashtag base on a post, all the time I'll get a comment from a fisherman saying, nice catch. Shut up. No way. Yep. yep. So many times where they're just trawling. Okay, good pun there. Good pun. Trawling Instagram uh, to, like, on that hashtag of bass and, like, commenting on
0: it, you know, just whether it's just, a bot
1: doing it or not.
0: But... Just for that, I'm going to start following hashtags and accounts of um sea bass fishermen and that and i'm gonna start sharing reels for sea bass on my instagram story which i'm always sharing reels on there anyway but it's usually just memes and i'm always and i i I kick myself on every time i do this i'm always sharing like inspirational quote stuff on my instagram story and at the time i'm like yeah this is great it's Tom Hanks talking about how this too shall pass and all these great things and then I share it and I come back to it like 20 minutes later and I'm like you you mug like you should be ashamed of yourself you are this is this is hustle porn hustle
1: porn that's what it's called well i mean the one the other day of live laugh love was a bit much for me
0: oh yeah like share subscribe <laughs> yeah, that's my motto <laughs> i've got that on my wall right now in a, in a nice neon no in a, <laughs> in a sticker <laughs> oh god please no any any we anyway. should probably get back on track here yeah anyway that's a, I'm, it's a I'm gonna, time for our other podcast i'm gonna raise you i'm gonna raise you one um Ooh. you said tuna i'm gonna go sooner earlier than that and go good power supply
1: oh okay okay please yes please absolutely it, i it don't off, want any of yeah. this daisy chaining i don't want any of that i don't want uh
0: batteries Ugh, get no i really don't want batteries i mean you can do whatever you like if you need to daisy chain that's fine. You know, the one spot stuff is really good. All these kind of things. My only caveat caveat is I don't care what you buy. I don't care how much you spend. Just please get something isolated, please. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you really do, you run not a huge risk because, you know, most of us get to play in places with nice, clean power. You know, well, most places in this country are nice, clean power at the end of the day. But, you know, you're running the risk of some sort of surge going through your pedals and damaging them. You're not going to get a massive increase in tone, but things are going to sound cleaner. Your noise floor is going to be lower because you're going to yeah. be picking up less interference. So, you know, I, I use the Chox DC7. That's that's very expensive. I think that's about two hundred and fifty pounds. You do not need to spend that much money on a power supply. You can get the you can get the Strymon, whatever it's called, the the OHi, the OJ, the Strymon OJ yeah. Simpson. You can get that. That's great. <laughs> you know the Voodoo Labs stuff's all amazing. Yeah, Decibel that... Eleven. You're right, and um, it's and it is. You, you know, you don't to, you don't
1: have to spend too much, but it is something that's worth not just cheaping out on and 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 underestimating. Because uh, I've got a uh, Voodoo Labs. or oh, I can't remember which one it is. It's, it's one mounted or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's mounted underneath my pedal train, um, and it is brilliant. So good. Um, it, you know, I've never had any issues with it. It's super clean sounding, uh, and it's just sat there under the board doing its thing. Just one thing to plug in every gig. Lovely. Um, but but yeah, it's a, a no brainer. Got to get one of those. Um, back on back onto tuners. That is always the first thing in my chain, is always Agreed. a tuner. Um, I don't like to have anything before it because, like, if I'm say I'm running distortion, you know uh through it i don't want to be running a distortion first then into a tuner or at the end of the chain where even maybe you've got an octaver on all the time you don't want to be then sending that just that affected signal into the tuner because it's gonna be like oh oh, oh, what what exactly so i always like to put that first and you know it's a pretty no-brainer that one let the bass see the tuner all right what are we on um what's it called I'm going you to
0: go on. Yeah, yeah, go on. You can do uh, it. Uh,
1: oh, no likey. Uh,
0: oh, no lighty. Oh no. The call. Take me out. Take me out. There we go. Yeah. Me Take me out. Nice. There you go. That's why I said it. Let the bass see the tuner. There was a
1: guy from our town on that, and like he made a right tit of himself of just being an absolute knob. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good of him. Well yeah. done you. Yeah, nice one. Now he's just. 5 minutes of fame. If you're listening toilet. to
0: this, you're an umpty.
1: Yeah, flip it Um anyway, uh so that that's always first in my chain. Second of all for me is then uh, I I go back and forth between these two, but for me, my essential is a compressor. I love me a bit of compression. Um I kind of use a compressor to give me a more consistent sound um, and just like push the amp a little bit more, you know, give it a just give it a little bit more. You'd be surprised of how much of a difference a compressor can make. Um, and also kind of, it brings everything up that's low and brings everything high down a little bit. So you've just got this consistent sound for me. I want to have that, um, you know, I don't use much dynamics in my playing. Uh, I'm quite a percussive player, I'd say in the way that I pick, but not like, I'm not doing any volume swells ever. I'm always just want to be this really punchy guy, which is which is funny because I I don't think I've ever swung a punch in my life. Um, but in the pace world, I like to be punchy. Um, so that's kind of where I would then sit. What's next for you, Chris?
0: Um, next one for me. I and I'm doing these in order as well. So I reckon we can kind of answer both questions at the same time. So unless you disagree, uh-huh. obviously, then we'll we'll talk it through. So yeah. Uh-huh. Also, um, absolutely agree. I would put a compressor there as well. You know, give it the most honest signal to work with. You know, give it the most untouched signal from the bass. The only the only caveat to that, really, I would say, is if you're a really big fuzz guy, sometimes I've been told you should put a fuzz before the compression because mm. a, a compressor can, will sort of give too even a signal to the fuzz and it will kind of make it just sound that like one note all the way through, make it mm, not interesting. interesting. Yeah, it won't do like the spitty thing that analog fuzzes do. So there's that. But next for me is gonna be pitch-based effects. I would go for that first, whether you're using any sort of octave pedal, doesn't matter what it is, um, you know, a whammy, a pog, an OC2, an MXR octave pedal, anything, I would go for pitch. Again, it's the same argument as why you would have a compressor near the front of the signal chain as well. You want to give it a nice, clean, honest signal for it to do its job as best as possible. But then, to go one further, the reason why I think it's very good to put that after the compressor is the compressor is going to give the octave pedal a really nice, consistent sound for it to do all of the tracking nice and evenly. Definitely um and i'll get onto that
1: a little bit more in a minute with some of the other way that i organize it and like none of this i, I have to say none of this is this is all just for me thinking about it and i've never like i've never really researched what orders you it in. it's just kind of the way my mind works in that i want it to my clean section to be at the start and then i affect it from there you know i'm not going to be putting any of this stuff near the end because then you're affecting like the signal that's got all the effects on it and that's kind of what we want i want the clean tone to be nice and tucked away at the start and then it goes on from there um i, I think that's that's common sense kind of thing but that's off- i get that question often of like what i'm starting out I've, I've no idea what order to put it in does it matter and yeah it, and it can absolutely matter um so for for me then after compression is then into a clean preamp uh i am a big Sansamp amp guy uh, i've had you know multiple sans and multiple preamps over the years and it's something that never really leaves my board um it's always gives me that consistency in sound because like it depends on your setup you know if you're if you're running through a different amp every time or uh you know different the cab every time it can give you this familiarity and that your board is for me the board is often the hub of my tone the bass and then the board they're my two priorities and then the then the amp it's just always been what i get excited about i think uh and that you can kind of customize a little bit more that's what i quite like doing um so for me a nice clean preamp it then it allows you at this point you can then if it's got di out um you can go to front of house from that if you want a nice clean unaffected signal for the sound guy um and then have all your effects etc going into the amp for the fun stuff if you don't want that going to front of house or if you're running multiple DI signals, maybe. But it gives you that option. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just a nice fail-safe as well for if anything was to go wrong on your amp, you've got that option to DI out from there. So I then put a preamp. So then that those items there, just a compressor, really, and a preamp could be my whole tone or be the hub of my tone. That combined with the playing style from me, and then it, the bass itself, and that preamp—that's how I like to have my kind of clean tone. I've very rarely, over the years, done anything different in terms of stuff you know, messing with the clean sound. So, yeah, that—that that would be my next option. What about yourself?
0: Um, I would do the same. Uh, I don't use a, a sort of clean preamp pedal or anything like that, or a, or a DI um, personally, uh, just because I don't need to. But if I was going to like a Sansamp or some sort of any sort of like a noble di or well any sort of di that has like a a tube preamp option i would stick that there next for me i think we are kind of ready to move into drive so here we go yeah any and this is any anything overdrive distortions fuzz any of these things this is the part of the board where you should be putting them in my opinion and then the only other thing, and this is from being a guitarist, if you're going to be stacking distortions, which doesn't happen too much as a bass player, but there's no reason oh. to say you can't, um, you want to go, in terms of the signal path, the lowest and cleanest drive first, yeah. and then build it up into your most distorted one. So if you had like a something that was a little bit like a tube screamer or a really light distortion that just kind of tickles it a little bit and kind of, you know, makes it a bit more sizzly. You want to put that first in your signal chain and have that one going into your more distorted tone. So essentially it will just beef up the thing that's already a little bit beefy. But yeah, that's it. Nice and simple. Anything involving distortion, stick it there.
1: Yeah. Yep. 100% Hundred percent, because that is my next thing as well. That is where the on, one of the only effects I use consistently is distortion. Um, whether that's to give myself a bit more saturation to fit into a mix, or if I'm going like a balls to the wall heavy section, or if the you know the song calls for it, I'm absolutely putting my distortion there. Um, I, in terms of the the three triads of dist- uh, distorting signals, uh, overdrive is probably my go to. Um that's my favorite kind of sound. Um like you say, the the with the different types of uh what am I saying? Your, your different gain stages, you know, I quite like having that as well. Uh or having my clean quote clean sound be a little bit driven. So to have almost like an overdrive pedal that's doing a bit of light tuby almost distortion, uh, overdrive, sorry, and then having another pedal to give you that like boost essentially. For those bigger sections or just to have like a, a more gnarly tone so that would be my way of thinking and you're absolutely right it should be that way round. that you're slowly building it up from there from the clean sound in into that and then into kind of any effects afterwards because you don't want to be especially when it comes to like modulation or things like that you don't want to be putting your modulation and then having the modulation be distorted you want to have the modulation affecting the s- distorted sound, you know? Otherwise, you, there's, there's no rules to this. You could do it the other way around. But for me, that's always just worked the best and has got me the kind of, quote, cleanest kind of sound, ironically. Um, and that's what, just what I enjoy. Um, so that's kind of spoiled what what is then going to be my next bit, which would be any kind of modulation. Uh, as I said earlier, I don't really use octave um, in my sound. I don't really do pop gigs or anything that really calls for it. Um so for me the only next kind of modulation effect I tend to use is chorus. So then I plonk I plonk me chorus there. And it means if I want to stack it with um with some distortion, then I can and it's all good. Uh so yeah, that's that's my next one is is modulation after that.
0: Yep. i do the exact same thing. Modulation. Although I do so on the quad cortex, because I essentially do have a virtual amp in my signal chain. I do sometimes run um, some modulations before the amp. Things like mm-hmm. um, Phaser in particular, I like to put that before the amp. But then Chorus and Flanger and Tremolo and stuff like that, I like to put that after the amp. But that's just mm. a preference kind of thing. That's, I think that's from being a guitarist and having access to a, an effects loop on my amp, so doing that kind of thing. What would I do next? Because to be honest, we're kind of running out of most things from here. Oh, it probably also goes without saying, um, your modulation area might be where you want to put something like a synth pedal, maybe. Although, um, with synth-based effects, I would say that's one of the biggest places to be experimenting with where you're planning on putting it. Because things like envelope filters, synths, they may be best going very early in the chain, sometimes even before the compressor, because an envelope filter needs to see as much dynamic information as possible in order to accurately open and close when you, as the player, want it to open and close. Like, if you stick an envelope filter after your distortion, all it's going to do is open and just stay open, because it's being given so much grit and um, level from the previous Mm -hmm. pedals in the chain it's just going to stay wide open, so you want to get that near the front so it can open and close, but anyway, I digress. I would then say for me, after our distortions um these kind of things, if it kind of this is where you would probably start to introduce maybe some delay, I'd say that's usually a good place to put it so yeah I would say I would say yeah. delay would go would go next time based effects similar to modulation, but specifically delay pedals. It's essentially
1: this is this is the fun zone, <laughs> the party zone of the pedal board, you know, where all the all the fun, interesting characters go. Uh, the rest is more core tone, moving into less essentials as you go through. Um, and you're right. Like imagine if you have a delay kind of before distortion, it's going to be distorting that delay as it comes out, where really you want the delayed distortion. And it it's tough if you're not musically minded, that might not make any sense, but for me when I'm thinking about my tone and how that's going to sound like it, it's a hard one to describe really I kind of I want it to be it's doing that delay thing there as opposed to distorting this delayed thing because I don't know then what that's going to do to the distortion sound as the note decays you might get a bit of weird sound or, or not as much signal coming through when you're not pushing the pedal so hard um, as the volume decreases in that uh, decay from the delay. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, and reverb as well as that, I'd, I'd put there as well. All de- depends on what you want to be affecting by that. Um, the last the last one for me, uh, I have to say is, and this one is not controversial because you could put it, there are two places you could put this pedal. Could be at the end, could be at the start. Depends on what you're running and how you're running it. For me, I like to put this at the end um, and that is a noise gate. Um, I controversial.
0: Like
1: I know, I know. Um, I like to have it at the end because I never set high. I'm never that threshold is never high in the way that I'm cutting out any signal that's coming through. uh It's often just to tidy things up, particularly if I'm got lots of cables and stuff going on, and if I'm generating a bit of low hum, I want to be getting rid of that. And True. sometimes it depends on how you're using your pedals. You know, if it's if you're not getting any extra noise from the board, you could put that at the start to st- then stop any noise that you're getting from the base. I think it depends on how you're running your setup as to where that goes. But for me, the way that I run things, the way that I run things around here, um, I like to have it at the end of my board.
0: True. Um, I would put it at the front, personally. I'd put it right at the front again Um, to kind of deal with things like string noise or these kind of things. However, I, you know, when I do high-gain bass stuff, so when I'm playing with heavier bands, I do technically have two noise gates. So I've got one at the start and one at the end. But, mm. you know, I've got more to play with because, you know, obviously I just live in a, a digital workspace, so I can do whatever I want. But mm. if I if I had to pick, I think if... um. As a guitarist, I always had the noise get right at the front. That was usually what I aimed for. But um, at, running it at the end is usually a good idea, unless you're going super, super distorted. It's probably better off going at the front in that case. But for what me and you do, you know, we're never doing anything that's too, too gritty. I would say so. Right at the back is usually a good thing. However, I've just realised I would put it before your delay and reverb yes absolutely because you 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 don't want to be you don't want to be gating your delays because they're just going to disappear as soon as the gate closes
1: yeah exactly and depending on how you have that threshold it might not be that much of an issue and depends on how how much else is going on the music or how long you're holding on those delay you know those notes for um so many factors come into it but yeah as a ballpark bit of advice definitely because otherwise you're going to be Cutting off some of that lovely delay and reverb goodness um that that brings me to the end of end of my board uh, oh i've mm, so I do have a wireless in the situation as well, but I'm not really going to count that because um it's not an essential if you like <laughs> um, no, It's just what I like to have I
0: think it goes without saying that the wireless is going to have to be the first thing on the board because <laughs> actually, I have a wireless
1: be... between every pedal
0: Wow. Or a wireless at the end, so you can just send your pedal board straight to your amp.
1: Yeah, so it's some people do. Either. Some people do, because they, you know, you can't have it all cabled up, or they don't want any cables going on there, or, or they're playing such a big stage that they are so far away from the <laughs> amp. But what would be the bloody point in having an to be honest, To be <laughs> honest,
0: you, you wouldn't do that. You, you would take it into a DI and then run a balanced yeah. loom. To the amp because that's yeah. just, otherwise the si- the signal <laughs> loss from two wirelesses would just be oh my god it would be biblical all the all the frequencies all like the bashing into each other as well yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah so for me it is tuner compressor preamp overdrive slash distortion I'll say uh, and mm, oh, I don't know if I'm going to call Noisegate my essential because I could go without it but it's a nice to have so I'm going to go with those four for me.
0: Lovely. Well I would Marvelous. go in that case to wrap it up then, I would go so we're going wireless, we'll do that. I would go noise gate, then any sort of uh filter based effect, then the tuner, then the compressor. Sorry, the tuner can go right at the start, but then compressor, and then if I've got this right in my head, I don't use a preamp, so all of your drive pedals all of your modulations, although you are free to experiment with this, and then any delays, any reverbs, and then you can go straight into your amp.
1: Beautiful, beautiful tones all round. Uh, you know, th- those are our essentials. Let us know in a comment down below or reach out on Instagram. Uh, let's know what your essentials are because I'm always interested by everybody's different pedal boards because I've got a thing pedal boards, I love them. Um, so yeah, let us know what you guys think. Uh, Chris, we're at the end of the episode. Thank you once again for being a wonderful co-host and a, just a joy to talk to. Um, I, ne- your, uh, The enjoyment I get out of our conversations never ceases to amaze me. It is a pleasure, my friend. Um, it's time to sell yourself. Where can people find you on the old uh, World Wide Web?
0: You can find me under that guy on base on literally everywhere. The only place it isn't that guy on base is Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter, so I wouldn't really bother unless you want to talk politics with me. Because I got to be honest, all I pretty much do on Twitter is retweet um, stuff that involves slagging off our current government. But that's just me, uh, so you don't have to follow me on that. But then anyway, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, that guy on base, nice and easy.
1: I have to say that is such a good handle that guy on bass well it's, it's very good
0: if you go digging around on Instagram, you'll find my old, old, old Instagram page, which was called that guy on Guitar, which I used <sighs> when I was a guitarist, but um, I don't really know what happened to be honest i think i got I think I got like temporarily banned, oh yeah, I did, I got a thirty day ban for using a app that would let you unfollow, you know, you know, check who's not following you back, and then you could, you oh. know, clean it off and unfollow them. But I got a 30-day ban, and then when I got back on it, I went from, because I had about 1,200 followers on there, um, and I was getting, like, two likes a post, and I was going on the insights, and it was showing my stuff to, like, six people, and that was it. Nice. And I was like, oh, right, yeah, this account's dead, isn't it? It's just been, like... But it's been like shadow banned, essentially. And I know a lot of other people talk about like, oh, I've been shadow banned. Oh, no. It's like, no, you haven't. Just because you got 30 likes instead of 60 doesn't mean you've been shadow banned. Shadow banning is not not really a thing. And then if you actually do get shadow banned, you won't get 30 likes. You'll get zero. There's a difference.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I see that all the time. It's just like, no, you just need to change up your content a bit, maybe um exactly. i i know exactly. i know i know when i post a rabbit picture it is not going to get over 30 likes <laughs> well, <laughs> which a is shame. a crime it is a crime um but uh i if i post a pedalboard picture or, or a bass, then it's you know it's gonna it's gonna do well um or better than the others so there we go all about that algorithm baby get on that algorithm Ooh. um uh speaking of algorithms where you can find me uh Playing the algorithm or playing the bass is on Instagram at Johnny Dibble. TikTok, I rarely post, but I'm, I'm trying to get better. Um, Johnny Dibble again. What is it? Johnny Dibble bass. God, I'm really good at this, aren't I? Flip it,
0: us This is Let's professional. Have a look. Hi,
1: hey, that's what people come here for. Oh, I'm just playing my TikTok out loud now. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. It's Johnny Dibble bass on there. Uh, and of course, go and follow me on all those. If you want to submit questions to the podcast, do it on Instagram. I put up a post. Every now and then, so keep your eyes peeled for that one where you can submit your questions like all the lovely people that did for this week's episode. Huh. I think that is everything. Don't forget to uh rate us a five star rating on your platform of choice. If it's out of five, that is. I I don't know for Apple, that might be out of ten. If that's the case, give us a ten out of ten, not a five
0: out of ten. If it's, it's out late, of ten, so. just do a five anyway. It's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could say five stars. Nice. All the we can
0: say we can say five stars, exactly. <laughs>
1: wow two stars out of two
0: amazing
1: ah once again everybody thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time
0: bye